wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. G'day friends, it's Pastor Will here from Paravista and Gawler Adventist Churches here in South Australia. I want to thank you for joining our live show today. And as always, I have my trusted co-host in the hot seat this afternoon. In the hot seat. Pastor Brenton Wilkinson, pleasure to have you um, in the studio, mate. Thanks, Will. As I said to you off air, we should be doing this outdoors. Yeah, it's a bit of a warm <laughs> one a here. In... afternoon, why don't we do it outdoors? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, it's a bit of a warm one here and... Um, It'll be getting a bit warmer as the days go by. So, uh, hey, we want to thank you for joining um, yes, wherever you're tuning in from. Go. If you're driving in your car at this present moment or you're listening from home or wherever you may be, thank you for tuning and spending a bit of time with us here on Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. So we have a brand new topic that we're kicking off this week. And the theme that we are going to be talking about for today and the rest of the week with our team is talking about um, women in the Bible. Yes. And, and so we're going to be having a look at that today. And so, um, Brenton, I know that you've got something lined up today uh, to share with our folks. And um, we're going to be talking about, actually, we're not talking about just women. Like, let me just pull, pull it back a little bit. We're talking about Christianity in general, Christianity yeah. in history, and how positive was its contribution. Yeah. So Today's um, topic is today. women. Yeah, Tomorrow today. was slaves, and then we move on to various segments of society. Thank you for clearing so, that up. <laughs> so we're not going to spend the whole week talking about women, Will. Yeah. I mean, you might ask the question, what are two mere males doing on the radio <laughs> talking about the role of women? Uh, has uh, Christianity been yeah. there for them or not? Yeah. But I think as we go through the Scripture and look at some other stuff, um, we'll all be greatly... Um, We'll be able to glorify yeah. God for what uh, Christianity has done to elevate the role of women. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, so Christianity in history, how positive was its contribution? And, and that's what we're going to be looking at for today and the rest of the week. But today, as Britton just said, uh, Britton and I will be looking at the topic tonight, uh, was Christianity bad news for women? And so we're going to take a bit of a look into the, the role of women, the topic of women as uh, portrayed in Scripture. And also, uh, we want to just unpack the, the idea of women and their role within Christianity. Um, you're probably right, Brent. It would have been good to have an all-female cast this week to... Oh, well, not, not this week, today in particular. Today would have been a good one. But, you know, hey, I, I'm guessing that there'll be some listeners out there of oh, yes. uh, some females out there. So, hey, um, we'd love to hear from you. Hey, why don't you text us here in the studio if you've got a comment or something yes. that you're yeah. hearing us. Uh, maybe you want to throw something in there in terms of what we'll be sharing today. And Give so, them the number. Yeah, zero four triple eight. Eight zero eight double one, and um, keep that number handy. And if you're a regular listener, why don't you put that in your phone? Have it saved there so you don't have to keep typing it away. Because as we, as our listeners would know, our regular listeners, we promote a free book offer each and every day uh, here on Drive Time Big Q&A, and we'll promote that in just a few moments. But before we do that, Brenton, I'd like to spend just a couple of minutes during our World Watch segment. Um, just wanted to bring up this article that I saw online. It's an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. On the abc.net.au. And uh, the title is Solomon Islands PM snubs meeting with the US president. Mr. Somavare. Yes. And he, and, and the article title is praises China's global security initiative in UN speech. Now, Brendan, I thought I would just share this because, um, mm. 
I want to tie it a little bit into um, Abyss Prophecy. And um, so we'll read a little bit here, but I guess the reason why I want to bring this before our listeners this afternoon is because of the role that America plays on the global world stage. And yes, so, yes. Um, so this article is a, a sense of uh, almost a springboard to, I guess, the prophetic aspect that I kind of saw as I read the article. So here we go. I'll read a couple of paragraphs. I'll read the key points. Um, Brenton, love to hear uh, some of your thoughts on the article. And then I want to tie it a little bit to, I guess, what I see and what potentially we see in the book of Revelation. So here's the article. Um, so this was uh, posted just a few days ago on the 23rd September. And here's how it begins. Solomon Islands Prime Minister Manasseh Sagavare declined a White House invitation to meet with U.S. President Joe Biden at next week's Pacific Leaders Foot Summit. In a move that will further stoke Australian and U.S. concern over Mr. Sagavare's perceived lean towards China, Mr. Sagavare will return to the Solomon Islands capital, Honiara, next week after delivering his speech to the United Nations General Assembly Friday night. United States authorities are reportedly disappointed by Mr. Sogavari's decision to decline the invitation. Just one more little bit, Brendan, and I'll pass it to you. Yeah. He is the only Pacific leader to decline, apart from Vanuatu's new apart Prime Minister, Vanuatu. Sato yeah. Kilman, mm. who apparently he's remained in Port Villa to navigate a brewing political crisis. Yes, I noticed that. Yeah. After taking power two weeks ago. So here's the key points from this article, and then I want to get to really what I want to talk about in this little segment we got. So the key points, the second U.S. Pacific Leader Summit will be held at the White House next week. Solomon Islands Prime Minister, he declined the invitation. Now, it's not like he snubbed it totally because he's the foreign minister guy's yes, going yeah, in his place. Not, not really. It's just that he's not going. Yeah, he's the, not going. Uh, the foreign minister. I think the going. media's drumming it up a little bit. Oh, and also this, Solomon guy. Islands has opened its arms to Chinese investment yeah, in the country. The Belt and Road Initiative. Yeah. yeah. So, look, there's a little bit there, but I guess the the main thesis is, here's this uh, Solomon Islands Prime Minister. He's not going and kowtowing to, um, no. to Biden and, you know, Biden's administration. And interestingly, look, I had no idea that this Pacific Leader Summit actually was in effect. Uh, it's only been around for a couple of years. Yeah, it's not a long term. And, um, I think... And I think what, what I read from the article, the gist of it was, you know, it's a, it was a geopolitical move from yep. Biden to kind of win friends in the Pacific. Well, the Pacific has been neglected for a few years. I mean, yeah. you're, you're of um, what way? Yeah, Tongan background. Yeah, your Tongan background. Now, this is this is interesting from one particular point, and I say this very much tongue in cheek. So I hope our listeners accept it as being a tongue in cheek. Thing. Given Joe Biden's cognitive decline, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if Mr. Sogavari turned up there whether he'd recognise him. Yeah. Point, <laughs> he's, point he's, he's um had a few problems of recent times, and I'm not saying it in any way to disrespect his position as President of the United States, but he has struggled on yeah. a few occasions. Yeah. And I think that's what I've seen online when you know, as, as, as they kind of ramp up for the next round of elections, whether it's Biden or another Democratic counterpart. But yeah, I think that's one of the definitely uh, talking points. Is he it fit? Is. It you is. know, is and fit um, to go on. Yeah, and you know, you've seen him a couple of times with slurry speech. He's tripped over once or twice, and and you know, 
it's a cause of concern. Like, when well, is the is. time to step down? Yes. And not just for Biden, there's another fellow in the Republican <laughs> side. Um, Called Donald Trump. Yeah, Donald Trump. No, I was thinking of another fellow, Mitch McConnell. Oh, Mitch McConnell. And yes, he, a couple of times he's fronted the press. He's suffering from... And he's kind of had a... As well. Yeah, he had a yeah. bit of a freeze or a couple yes. of times. Yep. And so um, both sides of the aisle, they're saying, hey, you know, there should be term limits for these fellas. Um, it's a know. good idea because the younger generation need to be given an opportunity. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think they need some younger blood over there. Yeah, in, absolutely. Uh, both the House of Congress and the Senate. Yeah. But back to the article, um, Brenton, the mm. reason why I brought this up because obviously, and for our listeners out there, America is always in... Always it's in the news. It's always in the news, and it's probably you know, uh, uh, you know, either China or America, but they're probably like the two global powers at the moment, and they're always wrestling, jostling for preeminence with terms of their military uh, capability, etc. But the reason why I wanted to bring it up in our show today, Brenton, is because whenever I think of America, obviously as Christians, as pastors, we yes. always try and look for the spiritual component. What's this doing in terms of, of how it relates to the Bible? And I wanted to kind of throw out a bit of a teaser, Brenton, to our listeners this Why afternoon. Not? I wanted to just kind of bait them in a good way uh, to, to, to say this, that America is actually, to my understanding and knowledge, Brendan, it's mentioned in the Bible and especially in prophecy. Now, Revelation 13. Well, you know what, Brendan? You, you kind of... I wasn't going to give them chapter and verse, but I was going to say something like this. No. That it's it, the the Bible does mention a beast power, and I wanted to kind of say it like this. I didn't want to give them chapter and verse, but I was going to say it like this, that when it speaks about America, it speaks of them as a beast. Um, where is it? I'm looking at here online here. It's... Um, there it is. It had two horns like a lamb, but it spoke like a dragon. And now here's, here's the, here's the bait for our listeners today. If you are interested in prophecy and no doubt there's many of our listeners today, I'm one sure of the reasons are. why you love uh, tuning in, I hope you do love tuning in is because of of the content and a big part of what we share here yes. on Faith FM yes. is the spiritual and the prophetic component. And so what I wanted to kind of say to our listeners today, even though it's not part of the book offer as such, Brendan, I wanted to suggest if you're listening today and you're curious about America in prophecy, mm-hmm. I want to encourage you to text us in the studio, zero four triple eight. Eight zero eight double one, and here's what I'll do: I will send you a link to an a free online resource. I'm not just going to throw it out there now on air. Yes. But if you're really keen, text in the studio. I will send you a link, and it'll give you the whole lowdown uh, in a simple, easy to read study format on the USA in Bible prophecy. And that's what I wanted to kind of throw into our listeners today, because you may be watching all the headlines, the news. And you're seeing America, obviously, on the news, online every day. And you might be wondering, hey, is 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 America mentioned in prophecy? And by extension, is China mentioned? Is is these world powers that we seem to see on, on our social media every day, do they have some type of connection to prophecy? I will say this. America definitely is mentioned in prophecy. And if you'd like to have, know more about that, please Text us in the studio, and I'll, we will be more than happy 
um, to send you a link and to point you in the direction of going a little bit deeper into USA and Bible prophecy. Brendan, you got something to say there? Um, it's interesting. Uh, just harking back, uh, it's related, but it's not. In the 1990s, I went to Russia. Now, wow. during the time that I was there, uh, the only country other than the immediate uh, area that I was living in at the time that was mentioned in uh, the news, believe it or not, was Britain got a mention, but America was on the news all the time. Okay. In the five and a half weeks that I was over there, Australia got mentioned twice. Once because I think, uh, I'm trying to remember, John Howard became Prime Minister. <laughs> oh, and right, they showed okay. a picture of him and his cabinet being sworn in, so... That'll give you a bit of chronological idea as to what I'm talking about. And the second time was to do with cricket, <laughs> right. where they suddenly showed the Australian So cricket, cricket and the Prime Minister? Two times in five and a half weeks. Every single night I had to listen to American news, American ideas. And, th and this is in Russia? This is in Russia. Wow. That goes to show. <laughs> Whether it's the same now in 2023 with what's going on there in Ukraine, I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, all I'm trying to say is yeah. America dominates the press around the Absolutely. world. It doesn't matter where you go, yeah. America is front and centre. Yeah. And um, if you would like more information on – if you to learn about the USA in Bible prophecy – um, you would do well to text us in the studio and we will give you a resource, a link actually yes. that gives you an online free resource that will dive into this. Zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. And so that's our news watch or world watch segment. And I, it was just really something that is happening right now in our part of the world. Here is this uh, Pacific Leaders Summit and Biden's leading the charge, trying to get all of the leaders of the Pacific nations together. And um, I was just reading it and saying, hey, this guy, this country that he represents is definitely will play a part in Bible prophecy. So, hey, um, so if you're interested, why don't you text us? Um, look, we're going to go to a break, Brenton, but before we do, we're just going to promote our free book offer today. It's a good one. Yeah, a very good one. So the book offer is What the Bible Says About, yes. and it's essentially 31 studies on important topics and a simple Bible marking plan. Hey, if you want to really have a resource a tool that you can use um, for your own personal studies and actually share it with others I would this recommend is a great uh, hey it's a very good one Britain's given it the tick of approval <laughs> so what the Bible says about and it's by uh, E. Lonnie Malishenko um, you used to be the speaker of uh, Voice of Prophecy okay. years ago. So he's so a very... Some people on our uh, listening to us around Australia would have heard of the Voice of yeah. Prophecy. Yep. He was the uh, speaker on that for many years. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, hey, if you would like this free resource, uh, Bible marking, Bible studies, and it covers a variety of topics like the origin of sin, life after death, steps to Christ, angels, the Bible, Sabbath, etc. Hey, it's all in there. 31 Bible studies for yourself and as a resource to share with others. Text us in the studio, 4 80811. We'll get that book out to you as soon as we can. Yes. And so we'll promote the book offer one more time uh, towards the end of the show. And... uh yeah, if you're free, if you're keen, text us and we'll get your details and get that book out to you as soon as we can. So please don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A.
Great Thou Art by Lauren Daigle. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Will and Brenton in the studio. If you've just joined us, we just came from a break, but now we're about to unpack the beginning of our topic today. Our overall theme for the week, Christianity in History, how positive was its contribution? And today, uh, Brenton and I will be looking at the question, was Christianity bad news for women? So, Brenton. That's our uh, big question today. Was That's Christianity actually bad for, for women? What, what does the Bible say and what have you got to share? I think the simple answer to that is no. However, I'll unpack that as we go okay. along. Uh, before I do that, I want to give a big shout out to two young women that I've met over the last few days called Rain and Louisa. Rain and Louisa. R-A-I-N. Rain, I think, has got uh, Islander background. Right. The look of her. I think possibly Samoan, but I'm not sure. Okay. And Louisa, they're both actually from New Zealand. Oh, so right. So I just want to give a special shout out to these two girls tonight. All right. Uh, because um, they said they'd be listening. Um, 
What's interesting about this particular topic, I mean, you might ask the question as we did earlier on, what are two men doing talking about what was, <laughs> what has Christianity done or not done for women? The reason for our study this week is based on the fact that Christianity gets a fairly negative press these days. Um, the work that missionaries did with their Aboriginal, our Indigenous friends, now, I, do, I have a lot to do with Aboriginal people, and it's interesting. They're very spiritual people, and for the elites to be going around saying that uh, Christianity has degraded them and, and not done anything yeah. for them, I think is wrong. When it comes to women, the topic is, has Christianity been bad for women? So I'm not going to start back in Genesis. I'm going to start in the New Testament because the term Christianity suggests that that's where we start and we go forward from there, Will. Yeah. So if that makes sense. Sure. First thing, you and I are both males. So if I woke up in the morning, let's say I'm a Jewish rabbi. I wake up in the morning and, and I pray a special prayer. You might even know the prayer. Lord God heaven of, of heaven and earth, I thank you that I have not been born. And then it lists a number of things. Really? Um, the first one it, it, it mentions is that I have not been born a Gentile. Wow. Lord God of heaven and earth, creator of all things, I thank you that I have not been born a bondservant, i.e. a slave. Lord God of heaven and earth, I thank you that I have not been born a woman. Really? This is a rabbinical prayer. Wow. I, I now, they've <laughs> modified it down through the years, but nevertheless, that's, that's the situation. So let's start there. If we're going to discuss this topic, I believe, sure, we can look at history, and I will do a little bit of looking at history, but I want to have a look specifically at the Word of God and how Jesus treated women. Right. We're going to start with how did Jesus treat his own mother? After all, um, one significant branch of Christianity calls her the Virgin Mary. And I think it's important to look at John chapter 2, where the very first miracle that Christ performed at the age of 30, his mother comes along. Um, his mother was actually part of a wedding group that was preparing a wedding feast. Now, if you know anything about their wedding feasts, wedding feasts in Jewish culture could go on for seven days. I don't know about you. That's a long way. Will, I don't reckon I'd have enough money to, <laughs> to finance a seven-day wedding feast. Most people, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the long and the short of it is that she came along to him and she said, look, we've run out of wine. And his answer was, woman, what have I to do with you? Now, you and I in current parlance in 2023 – if I say woman, it's often said or often taken yeah, yeah. as a derogatory comment, as a put down, as a de diminishing right. of the person, taking away their Very, dignity or yeah. whatever. Woman, you know. Here, it is not. In Scripture, there is a very different uh, inflection, a very different colouring to it. He is actually being respectful. This is his mother we're talking about. She says they have no wine. And he's saying, woman... What have I to do with that? That doesn't mean I've forgotten who you are. I've forgotten that you're my mum. He's not meaning that. He's really saying, my role now is to do the role that my heavenly father sent me to do right. while I was here on earth. And so he's addressing her in a respectful manner. So it's interesting as you look through the scriptures how Christ went about breaking down rabbinical barriers. 
In the Old Testament, women were held, believe it or not, in fairly high esteem. You had women in the Old Testament. You remember there was a prophetess called Holder. Yeah. Deborah. Uh, God said to Abraham at one stage, listen to your wife. Yeah. <laughs> now, I've never had the voice from heaven say to me, Brenton, listen to your wife. <laughs> I do listen to her, I trust. But uh, yeah. it's it's interesting the way that this all comes out. So women in the Old Testament, they could buy and sell property. They could do various things. You remember Proverbs 31, right. who can find a virtuous woman. She's doing Correct. all sorts of things. But in the New Testament, it had changed for the worse. Okay. Women's role was basically in the home. Men were in the public arena. Women were in the home. It was worse than that. If a woman went out into the street, she had to veil herself. Now, does that ring in 2023? Yes. Yeah, sure. We think in terms of our Muslim friends and the women who wear the hijab. Yes. This is Jewish women I'm talking about. I'm not talking about Muslim right. women. Now, when you went to the synagogue, you had a women's section. I've Correct. been to Jewish yes. synagogues. They're still there. Yep. If you're a good Orthodox Jew, you still have a woman's section. The women sit here, the men sit there, yep. and often there's a div- divide yep. between the two that prevents them from looking at one another. Yep. Now, here's something funny, just by way of uh, uh, explanation before we get into John 4. A good strict rabbi would not talk to his wife in the street, his daughter or his sister. Wow. He wouldn't talk to them in the street. But they had... (laughs) Sounds pretty strict. They had a group of rabbis who were known as the bleeding and bruised rabbis. Do you know why they were bleeding and bruised? No, why? They were bleeding and bruised because when they saw a woman, they closed their eyes and then they'd run into a wall or into a house. (laughs) True story. Wow. (laughs) So this this is... That shows you the extremes that they were going to... A woman could not go to the Jewish temple mm-hmm. and take part in the prayer services. Most of the women, uh, unless they were high-born in Jewish society in the time of Christ, were probably illiterate. Yep. So when you're talking to the woman at the well and some of the women who followed Jesus, many of these women possibly couldn't read or write. And we'll so- see as we go through our study today that in order to elevate women – as God wanted them to be elevated, education is just such an important feature. And I'm going to show you very clearly that currently in Afghanistan, women are being subjugated something fierce. Something like 90-something percent of women can't go to school anymore. Girls and women have been banned from universities, from schools, and they reckon 26% of all Afghan women are suffering from depression. Wow. This is because they're being denied what we would consider basic rights of schooling, education, and all the rest of it. I, I'm I was not just, here to yeah. promote Amnesty International or anything like that. That's Actually, I, I was just watching, yeah, I was just watching um, a YouTube um, channel. Yeah. There's this fella, I forgot his name, but he, he basically travels across the globe and yeah. inserts himself into these very, um, you know, these strict uh subsets of communities and cultures so there's one video he went spent a few days with the amish community one segment of the amish community in the states anyway one video i watched he went to syria and he kind of had his camera out and and you would it was amazing brendan because it was unscripted he just kind of was filming as he walked down the street within half an hour or whatever 
he had been um, offered by this this random bloke. Uh, he went into a Starbucks, and even in the Starbucks, Starbucks. no, no, check this out, <laughs> yes, Brendan. Yeah. At the Starbucks, he was even in separated. Syria. No, in there Syria. was just a women's section yeah. to order, yeah. and no, I no but that. he he met a host, and the guy just took him in his car, the hospitality, yes. and drove him around the whole day, and the guy just met. Um, but he was saying in the, that clip very quickly, and I'll give it time to you that that women were only allowed to drive, uh, had allowed legal access to to drive, or you know, license only like. Probably going back maybe two years now. So it's very recent yeah. that women have been given the power it's to actually drive. In Saudi and I was Arabia watching it saying, well. man, yeah. Yeah. this whole time in two, oh, no, the 2000s, no, no, they weren't no, even allowed happens, to drive a vehicle. Look, when we went to um, Israel and Palestine in, um, actually Palestine and Jordan in uh, 2019, I can remember seeing a significant number of young women out, obviously, for a night on the town or whatever. They were accompanied by a male. Yeah. Now, there is a name for that. I'm not going to mention it right. on here because we're supposed to be looking at the issue. of. But this gives you an idea. Yeah. Um, women, in even in the time of Paul, which is adjacent to the time of Christ, women were basically the property of their husbands. All right. Their husbands virtually had complete control of them. And this is where it gets really, really serious because it affected children as well. And so you had the situation where... Um, a woman really had no rights at all. Did you know a woman could not testify in court in the time of Jesus? Yeah. I mean, we know of other groups in society who couldn't. One of them was um, publicans. I mean, that's that's a doozy. <laughs> yeah. You'd probably take that one. But there were other other groups that could not testify in court, but women were one of them that couldn't testify in court. Yeah. So you had all of those strictures that had been placed on women in the time of Christ. And the way Jesus dealt with it in John chapter 4, we find that he talked to a woman. Um, I think most people who are listening would know this particular story, but it's a very good illustration of how, how Jesus was not constrained by the rabbinical, repeat, the rabbinical requirements of the time, mm. how he saw women and how he dignified the role of women. He met this woman at the well. <clears throat> now, she's got a number of things against her. Number one, she's a woman. Number two, she's a Samaritan. The Jews and the Samaritans yep. hated one another. Uh, we know that. Yep. So in John chapter 4, he's waiting at the well and she comes along to draw water, note, in the middle of the day. Women never came in the middle of the day normally to draw water. They came at the beginning of the day or the end of the day, and they usually came in groups. So why did she come by herself in the middle of the day? We don't know. There may have been various reasons, but given what we know about the woman, it's possible because she was a woman of ill repute, yeah. <clears throat> she wanted to avoid people. Jesus says to her, give me a drink. Now, to you and I, that's not a problem. If I'm sitting in the studio here and I'm dry and I say, Will, can you go and get me a glass of water? No problem. Yep. You can do it. But here we find <laughs> instead of giving me a drink of water, she looks at him and says, how is it that you, a Jew, can ask yeah. me, a woman of Samaria, for a drink? Hello, are yeah. you serious? Yeah. Uh, he was. He was serious. And so you find that... Uh, the conversation starts. Now, when you get down to verse 27 of uh, John 4, it says his disciples came back from buying food in town and they, it says they were surprised that he was talking to a woman. 
It doesn't say the woman. It says a woman. So in their culture, <coughs> they're obviously yeah, trying. They yeah. You did not. Now, this was not his wife. It was not his daughter. He was considered to be a rabbi. Even the priests, when it was convenient, called him rabbi. Yeah. So... So he, he sounded like he crossed a lot of... He's yeah. crossing these these barriers. And furthermore, these guys, I can imagine the 12 of them, in all honesty, Will, when they came back, their mouths are probably wide open. <laughs> They're going, hello, is he talking to this woman? Yeah. He was. And, of course, we know the end of the story. So he dignified her by... When he revealed himself as the Messiah to her, she went back to the city, Sychar, and brought, interestingly enough, some versions say the people of the city. Uh, The version I've got says the men of the city. Now, given she'd had five husbands, she was probably fairly well known amongst the patriarchal society there as to what type of woman she was. And yet here is Christ dignifying her. In John, uh, in Luke chapter 8, it tells us that uh, Jesus had, and let me just share that with you. I realize time's going to run short for us. Now, it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village, preaching and bringing the glad news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him from their substance. You ever thought about this one? He's wandering around. He's an itinerant preacher. He's wandering around with 12 disciples from place to place, preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. (laughs) And he's got these women following him. (laughs) And what are they doing? They're looking after him and his disciples. They're using their own money to um, support these men. I wonder what they do when they get to a, a city at night and they say, oh, we've got to find somewhere to stay yeah. for the night. They're obviously not going to be, going to be staying together. Yeah. There's obviously going to be segregation. So all of these things tell me that <coughs> the Pharisees must have been scandalised, literally scandalised by his behaviour with women. Yeah, I mean, we all know the story of Mary when she smashed the alabaster jar and poured the oil on his head and on Actually, his feet. I mean, even uh, poor old Simon sitting back saying, if he only knew what type of woman this was, and he tells him a story. Someone owed 500 pence and someone owed 50. Who do you think was the most grateful? Simon yeah. got the point. Yeah. I'm the one who owes 500 points. So even on the cross, we find that... Uh, yeah. Jesus says in John chapter 19, he he said to um, John, who was standing at the foot of the cross, behold your mother. And he said to John, John, um, and to her, behold your son. And we're told from that time on, John took her into his own home and looked after her. You might ask the question, didn't Jesus have brothers and sisters? Yes, he did. Half brothers and half sisters. So, in their culture, they weren't responsible necessary for looking after Mary. So John took on that responsibility. You can actually go to a home in Turkey. I've been there, uh, which they say was the home that Mary last lived in before she passed away. Wow. And it's close to the city of Ephesus. It's just out of um, the ruins of Ephesus, out in the hills a little bit. So Jesus himself in his... 
way that he treated women. He elevated them not only in the eyes of the population as a whole, but he gave them dignity. When he called them woman, you remember the <laughs> the woman from uh, Sidon and Tyre who said, Lord, help me, my daughter's possessed by an evil spirit. He said, woman, it is not right to take the, to take the food that the children eat and feed it to the dogs. No, he was not calling her a dog. Uh, the Greek term for dogs is pet animal. The animals in those days would have been milling around the, uh, the table where people were eating and any crumbs or anything that fell from the table they would be able to eat. Yeah. And she's saying, I know what you Jews think about me. I'm considered to be no better than a dog. But, Lord, I want you to help me. Please help me. Yeah. And Jesus says to her, what? Woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you as you will. And it says her daughter was healed from that. Well, once again, <laughs> the disciples are probably standing there with their mouths wide open going, where does this end? Well, it ends when you start to begin to see that women in Christ's eyes were of not a lower stature than men. Right. They were equal in Christ's eyes. Yeah. He treated them with dignity. He treated them with respect. He treated them with gentleness. And because he blessed their children, he is also endearing himself to the mothers who brought along yeah. their children. So right. you have a number of different examples just in the Gospels, both the Synoptic Gospels and John, of how Jesus treated women. And, Fantastic. Uh, we will keep going. Uh, I guess we're just about due yeah. for a break. Yeah. We'll Wait. keep going afterwards, and I'll give some examples, not only of Paul uh, with Galatians 3, 27 and 28, but also some history as to how Christianity has helped women subsequent to what we would call the apostolic era. Awesome. Hey, loving what you're talking about here, uh, Brenton. I hope that our listeners out there, that you're enjoying our conversation as uh, Brenton's been kind of taking a look at it from the New Testament perspective, how Jesus uh, treated various women and in his interactions with them in Scripture. And so we see a very positive picture that Jesus painted in his relationships with um, women. So um, we're going to go to a break, but before we do, just want to promote our book offer one more time. And um, our free book offer is entitled, What the Bible Says About... And it is by author E. Lonnie Malashenko. And essentially, it's a small book. It's 31 studies on important topics and a simple Bible marking plan. And so, hey, if you're wanting to learn a little bit more about the Bible, this is a great resource that will share various studies on different topics, the origin of sin, life after death, steps to Christ, angels, the Bible Sabbath, and plus a whole lot more. And so, hey, if you would like this free resource, uh, all you need to do is text the code here in our studio, 04888080811, and uh, we'll get your details, get that book out to you as soon as we can. And so one more time, if you'd like the book, What the Bible Says About, uh, by Lonnie Malashenko, text the code SA136. Actually, I haven't been promoting the code. Yeah, the code SA136. That's the code. You need to text the code SA136. And that is, um, actually, it's 137. My apologies. The code is 137. Gary's going to really rip into me if he's listening. He will. Brenton. He will. <laughs> so the code, sorry he'll, about he'll that. He'll be off next week. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll get a knee host. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Uh, uh, let me get some, one more time before we get to some music. 137. 137. That's the code. SA137. SA137. To 04888808811. And uh, we'll get that book out to you as soon as we can. Please don't go away. Hey, Brenton, we were just mentioning about the woman with the uh, alabaster box. We have a song right on that. Uh, we do. Uh, CC Wine and let's, Alabaster Box. Let's do it.
That was Alabaster Box by CC Winans. And uh, you listen to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. If you've just tuned in, we're at the tail end of our program today as we kick off the new theme for the week, Christianity in History. How positive was its contribution? Breton and I, we've been looking at the question tonight. Was Christianity bad news for women? And uh, Breton, you've been doing a wonderful job unpacking um, various stories in the New Testament, particularly with Jesus yes. and how he related to women. So a very positive picture. And as you said just before the break, he didn't see them as a, a lower uh, you know, lower status. He saw them equal, just e- equal as equal status with men. Yeah, and a amen to that. Particularly after the cross, we get to a text in Galatians three that most people, most of our listeners, yeah. would know. It says this: there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now you need to understand that text in context. Some people take that and say, well, that means male and female are exactly the same. Um, no, what, what it's actually saying, we don't want to get into complementarianism and uh, egalitarianism, which we did last week when we looked yeah. at the roles of male and female in society. This is, this is interesting because really he, you need to go back to verse 27 for he says, as, as many of you as were baptized, into Christ, have put on Christ. It's like talking about putting on on a garment. Yeah. So what is he saying in verse 28? He's saying that the conflicts between a slave and free, male and female, um, and these others, Jew and Greek, and there was conflict, all of that's been abolished in Christ. When you were baptized, in Christ's eyes, you were all equal. Wow. And Paul talks in one of his other epistles, you know that, where he says, I want you to plead with Euodia and Sintiki. I think that was the name of these two women. He said, who laboured with me in ministry. Now, there's an example in Paul's time where he baptised a woman called Lydia. Yeah. Who was the seller of purple. She was obviously a fairly well off lady. And they actually stayed at her house. And she said, if you consider to be me to be a servant of the Lord, come and stay at my place. Yeah. Now, again, in their culture, I, <laughs> I'm i not sure how that would be seen by the Jews. The Romans, they were much more, shall we say, liberal. Probably wasn't so much of a problem for them. But I want to go on beyond there. I want to go on further to show that Christianity did not have a denigrating effect on women. Christianity recognised that education was important to elevate the status of women and children. Whenever God's moral standards will are being implemented in a society, women and children are protected. When God's standards are not being implemented in a society, women and children are the most vulnerable members of society. They're the ones that receive the abuse. They're the ones that receive the cruelty yeah. and so on and so forth. Um, it's, it's very, very interesting to, to have a look at this from the perspective of moving on a few centuries. Believe it or not, we've heard of a guy called Constantine. Now, generally, when we hear of Constantine, we, we speak prophetically about some of the things that Constantine did yeah. as a so-called Christian and in inverted commas emperor. And most of what we generally say about him is negative. However, he did, he and his wife actually tried to lift the role of women 
in their society, particularly women who had been coerced into prostitution. Now, it's very, very interesting that um, you as a male and me as a male in Roman society, I would have a wife. I could also have mistresses. I could also go to prostitutes whenever I wanted to. Um, in fact, any woman was fair game, uh, and uh, whether they were slave or free. There was just an elite group of men in society whose sexual appetite could be satisfied by any woman that they deemed that they wanted to right. go to bed with, so to speak. But in 1 Corinthians 7, Paul talks about each husband should have one wife, each wife should have one husband and that uh, they should enjoy the, the sexual union together. Yeah. He is putting constrictions on what was a very promiscuous society and saying, no, in God's yeah. design, male and female, husband and wife alone yeah. share the joy of sexual intimacy. And I think that's fairly significant. Once again, it's elevating the role of women. Instead of just being chattels, yeah. just there for a man's use when he feels like the sexual edge is right. getting too strong. Um, here you have a situation where he says, no, in God's order, that's not the way it works. Right. Moving on, but Constantine put something in place. Then there was another guy in 375 AD um, whose name I've forgotten just briefly. He, uh, he was an Eastern Roman emperor. And he tried valiantly to change the role of women who had been coerced into prostitution. And Theodosian II, who was another Eastern Roman emperor, he <coughs> actually put into law, I think in 429 AD, um, he actually banned prostitution. Now, when you lived in the promiscuous Roman Empire, yeah. this is quite a quite a feat. So women are no longer there just to be exploited as sexual objects. They have a role in society. Now these these are Christian emperors. Yeah. I'm not going to argue the point with anybody as to how Christian Christian they really were. Correct. <clears throat> but they were Christian emperors. But then you move on beyond that uh, quite some significant distance. Many people listening to our program this afternoon would have he heard of Adoniram, Adoniram Judson, uh, the famous uh, missionary to Burma. He had a wife by the name of Anne. Now, they went to Burma in 1813. His wife um, died at a very early age. I think she was 37 years of age when she died. Uh -huh. And <clears throat> the first thing she did when she got to Burma is she could see <clears throat> how the women and girls of Burma were downtrodden and how the only way out of it, she said, was that they were going to establish schools for girls to go to because girls had no rights. Uh, they didn't study. They were illiterate. They were, they were downtrodden. Um, we're still facing these issues, Will, aren't we, in yeah. 2023 in some countries of the world. So it took her a few years. In 1922, she made a very powerful speech to the American women and saying, support your sisters in Burma. They need money. They need your support. And apparently they raised a lot of money to establish a school in Burma for specifically for girls and for women. And unfortunately, she died not that long after that, but um, that was established. And then there was another a woman, 
her name was Fidella Fisky. I'd never heard of her. Okay. I've heard of Anne, Anne Judson. Uh, I've not heard of this woman. Uh, Fidella was an American lady who went to Persia, uh, i.e. modern-day Iran. And, of course, we all know the issues that are going on with uh, um, women over in Iran at the present time. She saw the sheer abject poverty and illiteracy and everything else that women were living under in Persia back in 1843. And so she said, we need to do something about this. And she started to establish a school for women. And her health broke. She was there about 15 or 16 years and she was broken in health. But by then they had actually established a school for women. Wow. Okay. So what I'm saying is this. Christianity does elevate women. It's not a negative thing. It's a positive thing. Right. And it, a lot of it came about through the fact that when you take upon yourself a role like these women did, this isn't a one-off. Oh, by the way, I think at the moment we need to <clears> – <throat> I've been thinking we need to establish a school for women. Yeah, let's get on with it. Let's do it. <clears throat> this is a lifetime project. Now, for anybody who's listening and saying that Christianity downgrades the role of women, a person who's devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ is devoted to, to showing in every aspect that women are equal to men and helping them to fulfill their God-given roles as wives, mothers, and all the, all the rest of it. And therefore, it's not a job. It's not a project. It's actually a calling. Right. To top it off, we have a guy called William Carey. Now, most people have heard of William Carey. He's known as the father of missionary activity. William Carey um, went to India, and they had this abominable practice called bride burning. Bride burning. Mm. You may or may not have heard of it. If a husband died, his wife, who was often not much more than a girl, was also burnt on the funeral pile with him. Alive. Goodness. And where did this happen? India. In India. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, William Carey looked at this situation in 1789 and he tried to do something about it. He, he uh, really protested about it because apparently a lot of women died. And he spoke to his friend, and this is a guy you would have heard of, William Wilberforce. Uh, William yeah. Wilberforce abolished slavery in the British Empire <laughs> and he was in Parliament and um, he and William Carey were good friends. William Wilberforce actually got to the stage where he would sit at the kitchen table in the morning at breakfast and he would read out the names of women who had been burnt on the funeral pile with their husbands. And it took them 29 years for this abominable practice to be abolished by law. Wow. Uh, the, the viceroy or governor general, I think is his correct title, in India, <coughs> abolished this practice in 1829. Uh, it, it was made illegal to support, encourage, or be any way connected with bride burning. Wow. So in summary, I think it would be safe to say that Christianity has had a positive role. I would go further than that. I would suggest that genuine Christianity, the type that Paul talks about in Galatians 3, yeah. is the only, repeat, the only religion that elevates 
women to their true role wow. and their true status in the eyes of Christ, in the eyes of their husbands, in the eyes of their families, and in the eyes of society as a whole. Wow. Praise God. Hey, Brenton, uh, we're going to have to um, I think we've got to pause. It up. So, uh, hey, thank you for sharing with our listeners today, and, and thank you for being in the studio with you. I've, I've learned a lot tonight as well. And so uh, we want to thank you again to our listeners for tuning all the way to the end of our program. Uh, please don't forget tomorrow, same time here in the studio, we have Gary and Marty. They'll be looking at the question, was Christianity bad news for slaves? And that's got a very interesting conversation. That'll be an interesting conversation. And um, I know that um, Gary is going to be uh, leading that uh, conversation um, based on a book, a recent book that he has just read. And I know that um, he's been, you know, talking to us guys about it. And I'm sure you guys have been for a treat and so um our time's up for today and we want to thank you for tuning in today please join gary marty as they uh take the topic tomorrow was christianity bad news for slaves until then we leave you with the words of jesus christ found in the gospel of john 14 and 27 peace i leave with you my peace i give to you not as the world gives do i give to you let not your hearts be troubled neither let it be afraid from Britain and Brenton and Will in the studio tonight, may God richly bless you and we'll see you next time.